2: It's It's a nice prelude into the show. It is Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews alongside Chad Ellis, our uh, executive producer of this program, and Tony Colombo is not on the program, but he will be on the program. He's actually on vacation, but with cell uh, service, we can reach him, and just before uh, the show, I reached out and he uh, sent me a picture of him on a boat. So uh, even a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. So we're going to check in with Tony Colombo here in just a little bit. But thank you for tuning in to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. This is a program that talks about, uh, of course, the outdoors, but also the stories that are uh, so prevalent in our minds right now because uh second amendment rights are so so important. Aaron Tarlo from Southern Armory is on our first segment and uh Aaron, uh, are you working today or what are you doing? Kicking back and all?
3: I I am uh going to be kind of trying to do both today. So got okay. got, some, got some guns to go look over and uh get ready to take them out to the range and fix them for customers. Then uh doing a little ordering uh, this morning. Got uh got about eight or ten ar-15s coming in so wow. uh the good news good is news. that uh if you want one of those you can call the shop and uh talk with jessica and, and uh get your get your name on one of them and uh the, co- the cool part about this and we've actually known this company uh the owner and stuff for quite a while and um it's a hundred percent made in america this rifle right down to every spring every detent the whole nine yards um made right here and a lot of it is uh is made uh by them which is uh that's
2: fantastic and you know Aaron, i want to point out that southern armory is truly a mom and pop uh american gun store and it's right there in crestwood it is a, a it's a great location number one but you guys are a mom and pop you guys are surviving through all of this uh this covid stuff that's going on the isolation that we're all put under and business has been cranking as we've talked about uh, I do want to get right to the story of uh, the couple that was basically the the poster child for defending the, their homes, Mark and Patricia McCloskey. Uh, they made national headlines in late June when they took up arms to defend their home from protesters who stormed through their gated St. Louis neighborhood, uh, had their rifles seized on Friday last week. And I'm wondering if you have uh, any updates on that. I, I will tell you before you answer, 12 Republican members of Congress have written to William Barr, USAG William Barr, arguing in defense of the Second Amendment rights of that couple, and I think that's fantastic they're doing that. Your thoughts on that?
3: Right. So, you know, first of all, I'll just go out and say there was, there was a better way to handle that. Um, and I've, I've been pretty vocal uh, on, on the podcast that um, that, you know, avoidance is is a big key right they could have stayed in their house and the protesters would have probably just passed by like they did with every other house and they decided to get uh involved and you know the photos that came out of that were not not very becoming uh, because they were you know pointing guns at at people in the crowd with fingers on the triggers and things like that And i think that's what has really divided the second amendment crowd you got the people on one side that say this is insane. They shouldn't have done it. And then you've got the other people that are like, great, they were defending their, they were defending their property. Um, and when you look at the Missouri state law on this, you cannot defend property under uh, unless it's under very strict circumstances. So uh, this is all going to play out in the court system um, on uh, it will play out and we'll just kind of have to stand by and watch. Maybe this will trigger uh, some, some reform uh, in our current laws in missouri and and for those of you who've been following the program for a while or, or have followed me on the Facebook lives and stuff like that, you'll know that I will tell you that we are the most pro second amendment state this is my opinion in uh, the in the us and we beat out Texas because we I mean, we have open carry and and other things but the the big thing that yeah we, you know you can only defend property under very strict circumstances and and so with that being said, maybe this will this will trigger some reform uh, in that arena. So that way we don't have another prosecutor, you know, trying to maybe overstep their bounds.
2: Uh, well, Aaron, I, I want to interject here because uh, I do believe that uh, the couple, the McCloskey's, were like in their backyard or barbecuing or something when the, you know, the disruption to their neighborhood happened And, uh, you know, I think all of us can, you know, live uh, through their eyes and and what would we do? We've all asked the question, what would I do if I saw two or three hundred people, you know, that have just broke through a gate that are walking through? Um, So I think it's it's easy to empathize with them or try to put yourself in that kind of same position. And when when I heard the audio that went along with the video of them standing out in front of their home, it seemed pretty vicious what they were saying. About what they're going to do to them, they're going to do to their home and do to their dog, even, it kind right. of it kind it kind of you know upset me, so if that was a real threat, then I, I don't think that they overreacted at all. but the right. part that, yeah. that really bothers me though is that they they had the rifle seized. They couldn't get the other the pistol that she was carrying because uh, it was with the attorney or something like that. but right. didn't it just bum you out when you heard that they, they seized the rifle?
3: so it it didn't, it didn't surprise me. Uh, that they were going to secure the evidence and then kind of see how the case was going to play out. So if you can still carry a firearm, and it's kind of like a running, you know, joke I guess within smaller segments of the 2A community, you don't want to get like your nice custom two or three thousand dollar 1911 seized. You want to buy, you know, like a throwaway gun. If you're carrying a three thousand dollar 1911, your throwaway gun's like a five hundred dollar Glock. And right. uh, so, you know, with that being said, realize if you get into a situation like the McClowski's where they used a the firearm to protect their property, or you used a firearm to uh, shoot somebody and protect your own life, right? Like robbery or burglary or something, that gun is evidence, and they're going to seize that until the until the proceedings are are done. So it didn't surprise me that it happened um, at all.
2: Probably like, because it's happen. in the city limits too, don't you think?
3: No, that that is going to be everywhere you go. That is going to be a nationwide deal because they're going to take that gun and hold it until they've completed the investigation. So you got to remember they're they're investigating, you know, every shooting as if it was a murder, whether they survive or not. That they're going to they're going to treat that like a murder and they're going to investigate it as if it's a murder even though that person may recover fully. So that yeah, the gun is going to get seized. That's not going to matter you know, wherever, wherever it happens, uh, could happen in St. Louis County could happen in Jefferson County. Now they may take the gun, conclude the investigation within a week or two and return it. But that gun is the gun is evidence. And that is one thing that in our CCW classes, we preach like, Hey, listen, your gun is going to get taken away during the investigation process. And then it will be returned to you. Now, some counties will hold that firearm and test it, um, and test it. Uh, for the ballistics and ballistics, I mean, like, you know, they're going to test it and they're going to look at the recovered bullets to see if there's any open cases that that gun uh, matches. Okay. But in
2: this case, there was no shots fired. There was no shots fired. And, and who, right. who actually was responsible? Uh, did, did one of the protesters file a a, a complaint or did, are they the ones that got uh, the prosecuting attorney on, on their side? I, I, I maybe you know that answer because I don't, I, you know, it's, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, they stood out there uh, to to show their their show of force that they are willing to defend. But right. then this investi- what's there to investigate? Come on, Aaron.
3: So you know, well, it, these are good questions, Bo. And and to be honest with you, um, when a crime is publicized, right, a potential crime, and they're they're getting charged with sounds like armed criminal action. Um, the reality is they probably should be charged under the RSMO. For uh, angry, angry or threatening display of a of a weapon to one or more persons, and that I've got that law cited in a, a couple places. You can find um, I can try to find it here real quick. I think it's like 573.030.4 dot Might be it's probably
2: exactly that. <laughs>
3: um, right, it, it might be. I'm pretty generally pretty good with numbers, but uh, you can look up look up that statute, and it's and it's a brandishing statute and. And honestly, and the reason I I'll go with brandishing is because they were pointing at the crowd with the finger on the trigger. It would have been a, in my opinion, there would have been a non-issue if the gun would have been in a holster, right? And they were just, right. you know, oh look, she's got a gun, let's stay away. Or in uh, in the husband's case, if it would have been slung and uh, you know on a slung, it's in a it's a it's attached to a sling and attached to his body. And the barrel is right. pointing straight up or straight down. Now all of a sudden, now you're going to have a really hard time convincing me that there was any crime at all, because it's like the well, the rifle's properly slung and the pistol's properly holstered, and they're just outside saying, you know, go away or we'll use force. So I think it was the so it, so that kind of answers that question. The next part of this equation is uh, what you asked. Uh, I'm sorry, Bo. I went blank. What was the other question you asked?
2: Well, just what's there to investigate? That's that's my main thing. Right. You know what? I'll you know what? Let me just interject this because yeah. a lot of people made comments. You know that they were not holding their weapons correctly, right? right. Uh, that that the the wife was you know holding the the pistol with her finger on the trigger. And I get that, and you know what? That stresses to me. That stresses that people need more training if they have firearms, and that's exactly what uh, people can find out by coming to you at Southern Armory. So, explain what's the first step. If I own firearms, I know I'm not versed with them, and in the laws, how can how can people get on your books to to get that training that they so desperately need?
3: So we we are so we're, we're experiencing basically what we're we're foreseeing as another shutdown because of the COVID. Uh, is the numbers are on the rise. So we're, we're trying to figure out a way to, to combat this. Um, and then obviously, you know, people are, it's very controversial. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, et cetera.
2: All, right, all so, that.
3: Yeah. Um, right. So I, right now we live in really, really weird times um, where there's just a lot of controversy on, with people that are generally on the same side of a topic. Uh, but we're seeing like these little splinters, right? Uh, sure. So anyway, you can get on southernarmory.com. You can sign up for our newsletter Or you can call the store, and we have a running list right now of individuals that uh, want to take the class. So you can reach the store at 965-GUNS, that's 965-4867, and tell Jess, hey, I want to get on the list for um, your next CCW class. And the CCW class covers the revised statutes of Missouri, and it covers your basic ownership, right? The, The care of your firearm for cleaning and safe storage, ammunition selection, and then teaches you how to shoot. And then we also do private instruction, whether you want to do, you know, rifle, shotgun, pistol, it doesn't make a difference, but kind of going forward, what we're thinking is, is it's going to be small class sizes. And then we're going to have a, uh, a scheduled range day. So you're not going to be in a classroom with 10 people all day um, for, you know, eight to 10 hours. It's going to be small class sizes. We're going to chunk this off. And just to limit the exposure, and then when you go to the range, we'll, we'll schedule a time with you. We're going to start utilizing our private range instead of a public range, um, okay. just so not expose as many people. So a lot of details, a lot of moving parts right now, um, but the, the goal is hopefully in August, um, all this is, is cranking. And then we'll, what you'll do is you'll do the classroom portion, and then we'll have a qualification day where you'll come in and we'll say, hey, you're qualifying at 10 o'clock, and from 10 to 10.30, you're on the range, and then you're gone. And the next person comes in at ten forty-five. Sure, and, that
2: makes sense. You know,
3: and and that way, we're really cutting you down, where you're just not getting exposed to as many people, because it is a concern uh, for a lot of people. And
2: especially, and between you know, now for- and then, between now and the time that they can get to you, uh, maybe they can go to Missouri Firearms Coalition, because we're going to be talking with Alex Salzman on the program. But to, you know, to do their homework, to find out and read the laws and read what's uh, what's allowed so you don't get in a situation like the McCloskeys. Uh, we got to wrap oh, yeah. up the segment here, Aaron, but uh, uh, southernarmory.com is where you can go to find you and uh, your firearms and your information on the CCW and everything else, right?
3: Right, yeah. So we're located one mile east of 270 and 44 at 9901 Watson Road and uh, right next to Harbor Freight. So if you know where that is in Crestwood, we're literally uh, in the same plaza, just a couple of doors down. You can find us on Facebook. At Southern Armory, you can listen to the podcast, Second Amendment News podcast. We've got like four or five episodes up. You can get on our Facebook or there and tune in and listen to our, our live streams about working on guns or,
2: or yep. topics okay.
3: of, of legal issues. And then SouthernArmory.com.
2: SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. That's right. We've got more of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Alex Salzman. And we are going to check in with Tony Colombo as well, all next. <sighs> It's 2nd Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. Uh, Tony Colombo on vacation, but he is going to be joining us on the program uh, from his boat. <laughs> Rich people problems. But Chad Ellis and I are uh, holding down the Ford here and I want to thank Aaron for uh, his, uh, his inclusion on the first segment. But now we have Uh, Alex Salzman. She is from the Missouri Firearms Coalition, and I've been to their website several times. And if you've never been and you are a Second Amendment rights supporter, you need to go there because you can follow what they're up to. You can donate. You can join their fight to preserve our Second Amendment rights. And Alex, welcome to the program. Hope you are doing well.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am.
2: Uh so the uh, the latest that I had from a couple of days ago uh is 12 Republican members of Congress have written to US Attorney General William Barr arguing in defense of the second amendment rights of a Missouri of the Missouri couple uh, pa- uh, Ma- uh Mark and Patricia M- McCloskey do you are I know you're following it do you have a take on where we're at on that situation for them because their firearms are with the police department now
4: Yeah I you know I am incredibly saddened that all we've done to help this couple that the only thing that they're accused of is defending their homes and their lives and livelihoods with their firearms. All we've done is tweet out some obligatory support for them. That makes me incredibly angry. I think that that couple was incredibly brave. You know, they want to say, well, they they didn't hold their firearms right, and, you know, they did this wrong, and they, they, you know, they might have done that, but you know, they weren't at a firing range. They were in the dirt, as you'd like to say. They weren't out Absolutely. there to a hashtag or to snap some Instagram likes. This is what it looks like when it's real. When it's unexpected, you might end up in your front yard barefoot in a pink polo defending your wife and home. And what they have done so far to this couple and have just alienated and vilified them in the national media and then locally here at home, it makes me sick i wish that we would enforce the rule of law instead of just you know trumpeting some random support on social media
2: i was so sad alex when i saw that their firearms uh, well the one was uh, seized by the police the long gun was and then the their attorney actually turned their pistol over to the police department as well for the quote-unquote investigation i don't know what there is to investigate because to me it's a done deal no shots fired they were just showing their show of uh, force that if you come here, then you could be uh, in serious trouble. And and I I said earlier uh, that they are kind of the poster child for all of us that that carry guns and you know would would intend to protect our lives and our, our families with those said firearms. That that and this is the treatment that they're getting. So I'm on the same boat as you. I was just saddened by that because everybody's looking at them going, okay, is that what would happen to me? Well. The exactly. uh, the Missouri firearm the Missouri Firearms Coalition is fighting tooth and nail to preserve these rights. And where are we at today? Uh, whether it's Jeff City or on the federal level.
4: Well, the reason that they are have not been charged so far is because in 2016 here in Missouri, Missouri Firearms Coalition stood on the front lines, and what we did was we not only um, pushed through constitutional carry but we strengthened the castle doctrine and we expanded the standard ground laws here in missouri that was just a few years ago and there are people that are running for office right now that opposed those bills there are republicans right now that don't want those laws to be available for the mccloskeys so what we're uh. doing right now is we are doing everything we can to focus on these races. Primaries matter. We're trying to educate as many people as possible to these Republicans on the right and sometimes even on the left. I mean, we've got Clinton delegates running as Republicans here in Missouri.
0: You know, we've got
4: a lot of time focusing right now on making sure that Missouri gun owners know who is with us and who is against us, because it's going to be very important next session that we are only sending the best of the best and the best gun champions that we can possibly send are the ones that we need in Jefferson City this year. Because of the McCloskeys, you saw the press conference that we just did a couple days ago or that the governor did just a couple days ago. We absolutely need to focus here and send the best of the best to jefferson city in
2: august well and we got got we got to mention that there's an election coming up uh, august 4th and uh, kim gardner may not be able to hold on to her office uh matter of fact i just learned earlier uh there i'm trying to make a connection with mary pat carl uh who's going to be running against uh kim gardner uh do you know her background is she in support of second amendment rights
4: I don't have any idea who is running against Kim Gardner. We're focusing on Senate races and some House Regists where, where we've got legislative policy-making decision power. Kim Gardner shouldn't be doing half the things she's doing, and I hope that the people in St. Louis are paying attention. I have no idea who her opponent is, but when you've got people having their guns confiscated for defending their property against the angry mob that the liberal yeah. prosecutor is letting out of jail— I I would think that you'd notice that you've got a problem. You know, that's probably why we have so much violent crime in our inner cities. There's probably a leadership problem there.
2: Well, yeah, that's uh, putting it lightly, you know, and anytime I get into a conversation about the this couple um, and and it goes, you know, into different segments, you know, like you said, we're we're splitting hairs here. People are on one side of the uh, of the Second Amendment rights and others are a little bit, you know, making fun of the couple, that kind of thing when it comes down to it. Uh, what I always say to the, the people that will maybe contend with me, which, I mean, we got to have conversation to move the ball down the field, but uh, what I always say is just picture your neighborhood and where you live, wherever that is, if it's an apartment, a condo, a house, whatever, and you have two to 300 people walking past your house, screaming profanities, screaming threats, what would you do, right?
4: After you've called the cops and they haven't come, like, yeah. What do you do in the meantime is, is a question, you know, and what they did was exactly what they were supposed to do. And yes, OK, their 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 trigger fingers could have had a little more finesse. You know, their, their stance wasn't perfect. But you know why? Because they're not pros. They are regular, everyday people. And they were doing everything they could to defend their home. And the reason that nothing bad happened is because they were armed. You know, we always I, like I, bl- to say I believe you're an right. An armed society is a polite society. And Well,
2: in our in our first segment was, with with,
4: with
2: I'm sorry. In, I, was, in our first segment with Aaron Tarlo, it just stresses the fact that you know, people made fun of how uh Mrs. McCloskey was holding the gun. You know what that just tells me? That just tells me we need more training. Just like, you know, they say our police officers need more training in different areas. I agree. I agree. Uh but I also believe that, you know, there should be there should be more training available uh whether it's online or whether it's in a in a gun range to make sure that if you have to go for that weapon to protect yourself that it's second nature uh that you know my and my wife is not a, a, you know she's not she doesn't carry uh you know with her very often because it it does make her nervous but she's getting more comfortable and and I think that's the main key is to just, you know, being around them, cleaning them on a regular basis, uh, getting to the range so you do know what this gun is going to do and what to expect when you hear that loud noise. Uh, because every situation, and anybody that's served in the military, Alex, you know that uh that, that that's how they do it. It's by repetition, you know, to make sure you're you're fluent with what that weapon can do.
4: Oh, absolutely. I absolutely think that people not only need to go out and purchase a firearm, especially if you're, you know, if you're new, if your first time in the world is just too much of a scary place and you feel like you need protection, but absolutely go out, go out to the range, go get some training. You know, you can do a CCW class, you know, concealed carry weapons class. There are lots and lots of, of organizations and groups and and gun shops that have those Resources available, and we need to make sure that not only, you know, the new people, maybe not only the women or the younger generation, everybody needs to be trained on how to effectively defend themselves.
2: And there's a lot of there's a lot of like minded people. Uh, you know, we, we keep seeing that the uh, the background checks keep breaking records every month because there's so many first time uh, gun owners out there. Listen to these words. You need to train. You need to know that weapon and you need to know what it'll do because, you know, the world's a dangerous place. It's a dog eat dog world and you've got to be prepared. And if the McCloskeys uh, are an example or the poster child for uh, what Second Amendment rights are about, you can look at that and be frightened because, again, their firearms have been uh, seized uh, by the police department. And now what do they do if, uh, if you know, danger comes to their neighborhood? Do they have other firearms? We don't know. But the thing is, they are a perfect example of what can happen and what will continue to happen. Because if they get charges brought against them, it, it could turn out to be a, a tidal wave of that happening in municipalities from border to border of the state of Missouri and across the country as well. So we really need the Missouri Firearms Coalition to, to you know, continue this fight. And I want to encourage anybody that's listening to this and thinking, yeah, well, we need to make sure that we get the right people in Jeff City. Go to MissouriFirearmsCoalition.org. Again, you can uh, get all their information, their latest news. Alex Salzman is uh, leading the charge on this, and we can't thank you enough for doing that heavy lifting. Uh, but donate, join, any other suggestions you can have to make sure that people are staying on top of this. Because oftentimes people go, oh, yeah, I heard about him talking about it on the radio. No, 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 no. We need you to act now. You need to move now.
4: Yes. So what we have done on our social media, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. We've made a video for each one of the Senate races that we're concerned about. We have laid it out. We are, we're naming names. We're, we're showing you the records. We're showing you their survey responses. Missouri Firearms Coalition. We've got a, a race for just about every part of the state. You know, there's a lot of them, so we're not done making them all yet. But tune in okay. and then share those. Share those. If you know someone in Springfield, make sure you share the video. Let them know who their choices are and help us spread the word. That's the most important thing we can do right now, three weeks before the primary.
2: It's coming quick. It really is. Alex Salzman from the Missouri Firearms Coalition. Thank you so much for your time. This segment brought to you by Razorback Armory. They're a full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. Find them online at RazorbackArmory.com. And a half mile east of 270 on Manchester Road, look for the tennis shop. And they're right next door to that. Seriously. I'm Bo Matthews. There is more to come on Second Amendment Radio
0: What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Radio and the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews uh, and Chad Ellis, our executive producer of the program. And the vacationing Tony Colombo, one of the hardest working guys on the radio, is willing to talk on this show from his boat and we also have my uh, my friend Brian Wortel from Stream Adventures. Uh, so we've got a lake fisherman and we've got a river or creek fisherman on the program for this segment. Tony, you're you're right now fishing, correct?
1: I want to make it official right this second when I throw this next cast that I am the <laughs> first person to be on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. There it goes while fishing. <laughs> on second amendment Radio and the great outdoors what and i am using uh my gear uh the lure that i have on right now is from our good friends at bluff city outdoors of course one of the great sponsors of the show in alton illinois uh they are right on in the mississippi river so they specialize in that big catfish gear we talked about that last week with wade kaminsky if you missed that show we talked about his 112 pound catfish that he caught he works with the guys at Bluff City all the time, so they've got the catfish guys covered, but they also have a huge selection of bass lures and crappie and everything else. I
2: hope he's going in and out there, wow. Tony, t- Tony, unless he fell in the water. Tony, did you fall in the water, buddy?
1: <laughs> no, I did not. Can you hear me again? Sorry about that. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you hear me now?
2: <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you.
1: Good, yeah, check out our friends at BluffCityOutdoors.com. They're great guys. So, yeah. Are you we're, are we're you catching anything? Right now.
2: Are you catching anything? Yeah, we've had, have you we, caught anything?
1: Yeah, we've had a good. Yeah, we yeah we have. We we've had a good week down here. Um, uh, it's been this lake has been on fire the last few years. You know, we talked to Mike Marfell, our friend who fishes down here all the time. Uh, he's a professional. I am not. Um, and he, he has talked about how this lake has just really become of boom for bass fishermen and bass tournaments and things like that and and that's the truth so yeah It's been a lot of fun. I am uh, burned to a crisp for those so that's not good
2: I bet you are. we got Brian Wordle from Stream Adventures on here. Uh, now, Brian, you, you are a master at uh, river fishing and creek fishing, but you do lake fish as well. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if we would have been invited to be with Tony right now fishing on his boat?
5: That would have been great. Uh, I do love that <laughs> lake. Uh, I've I spent a lot of time on it and that is a wonderful, wonderful fishery.
2: And Tony, this can you tell us where family. your uh, honey Vacations.
1: hole is? This was a family vacation. You guys can come next time, I promise.
2: Sure. <laughs> okay, now, people know that people know the Lake of the Ozarks by the different coves and the different uh, uh, mile markers and stuff. Where are you at? Can you tell us?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I, we're at about the 16-mile marker, uh, not too far from where, uh, let's see, where the uh, uh, toll bridge is. I can see the toll bridge from my place, so if you're familiar with that. Um, not too far from Port Arrowhead, if you're if you're familiar with that. So that's the part of the lake that we're in.
2: And are you catching catching mostly bass on this trip?
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's the goal, at least. <laughs> yes.
2: Biggest biggest one for the week. How big?
1: Oh, I don't know. Nothing too big. Uh, maybe two and a half pounds, three pounds.
2: It's, it's it's still better than having to be at work, right?
1: Yeah, oh my god, yes. No. This is the first our boss <laughs> my boss told me that I had to take these days off because I hadn't taken any days off in 2020 yet. So, um this is yes, this has been a a well-needed fantastic uh week off. It's been fun. Good,
2: good for you. Brian, uh, uh creek fishing, river fishing, that's your specialty. Um yeah. but do you prefer do you prefer lake over river or why do you pick river?
5: Well, I, I do have – I've got a bass boat and I have a, a jet boat. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of uh, smaller crafts, uh, inflatable pontoon boats and canoes and such, uh, and waders. So I, as long as I've got a fishing pole in my hand, I'm pretty content. But there's certain <laughs> times of the – this time of the year, i got to tell you, when you're waist-deep in water – that's, you know, that's in the in the late seventies, early early eighty degrees. It doesn't matter if it's hundred degrees outside. Um,
2: you got that. So you right. can find
5: some shade, and you can find shade in the stream. And and what's really cool is this time of the year, the water's low, so those fish are pretty concentrated in specific areas. So you can really go out and, and, uh, and have some good times. Uh, you know, there's so enough water for I have less a quick water for, for you to be in. Yeah
1: yeah i have a quick question for you so i fish uh when i when i do fish in the rivers around uh you know missouri and illinois i'm usually fishing for smallmouth bass and smallmouth bass especially that that live in the river because they're you know they're constantly fighting the current are some of the most fun uh fight that you'll get out of any fish uh, just a, an absolute blast. What, what kind of fish do you specialize in? Or are you, or are, are you, uh, indiscriminate when it comes to your fishing and what are some <laughs> of the, what are some of those rivers around the, like we, we, we've been going down to Jack's Fork for a very long time. Um, my family has, and I love fishing down there, but, uh, uh, what are some of the, some of the, the rivers that people might not know about that are kind of around the Missouri area that, that want to be you know the guys that are looking to find new places to fish could could go check out
5: well uh around the st louis area uh my my three favorites uh within an hour drive are the uh the big river the merrimack river and the Burbits can be can be very fun and then the, the next level out a little further the st francis river is incredible uh but smallmouth uh is is the you're, you're looking for that trophy smallmouth but I've never heard anybody complain about a nice largemouth or, or even spotted bass. Uh, you know, all of the fish in the river—they're—they're like—they're like, they're like aerobics, aerobics instructors. They are constantly moving. Uh, so, so, pound for pound, they're just strong, uh, and they generally jump more in the river. Uh, you know, they—they they can't really dig too deep, uh, so you get some really cool aerobatics when you when you're fighting them in. Um, and then there's still, you, you can't discount, there's some great crappie in the in the rivers. Uh, I've caught quite a few walleye in the Merrimack River. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was fishing the lower Merrimack, and uh, a friend of mine and I, we caught 100 white bass in about three hours. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then we had some pretty good uh, hybrid striped bass mixed in there. So with Um, the
2: temperatures that they are right now, Brian, uh, you know, the temperatures are up, people are out floating, you know, for recreational, you know, get get a suntan and and just get, you know, get away from staring at the same four walls with our isolation that we're all in right now. Um, What river do you prefer or do you think is the least likely to be floated on by partiers so you can fish or do you not mind the floaters going by?
5: You know, uh, every year uh, I I always get together with some friends and we do one of the adult floats and uh, most people understand what the adult float is. You're you're out on the river with 10,000 of your closest friends and, uh, (laughs) you know, you can almost walk from craft to craft. And I have always got a fishing pole in my hands and everybody on the float will always say, how, I can't believe you're catching fish with all these people in the water. Well, in the summer, every weekend the river is like that. That's normal, uh, right. so the fish don't care. They still have to eat, uh, and I've actually caught them like right up against other people. They'll they'll be you know at somebody's feet, uh, and, and it's really kind of fun. But uh, and and then, you, and then you've got an audience, which makes it even more fun.
2: Right. And, and well, and you got something to look at, too. So, Tony, I, w- I want to ask you both your opinion on this, because I, I, I've been on a stream adventures trip with Brian before on the Big River. We had a great time. Uh, but do you believe that playing music uh, over your phone or your Bluetooth speaker or whatever? Do you think that, uh, you know, it, it, it affects your fishing, good or bad?
1: Neither. I think it's uh old wives tale that you're going to scare the fish. If you talk, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good way to, you know, it's a good way to keep your kids quiet if you're fishing with them and you, you know, are trying to concentrate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> other than that, You've no, I that. don't believe. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Other than that, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that the, the noise uh, hurts your fishing. I, you know, I think that for me, one of the best things about going fishing with friends Uh, because you know it's something that i don't get to do nearly as much as i'd like to you know it's a good time to be out uh not just on the water fishing but catching up with friends and and you know and telling stories and talking so for me the hanging out with with people is just as much a part of it as as the actual fishing is so we're talking we don't you know i'm not a big like play music guy when i'm fishing but i don't think that that would i don't think that that would really affect it that much i i don't believe that it I don't know that it attracts them, but I also don't think that it uh, that it scares them away. But Brian's a professional. I'd love to get his thoughts on that. Uh, I've seen it both directions. I've actually stomped on the bottom of the boat and
5: had fish come to me, and I've also <laughs> had and I've also had and and I, this is no joke. I've had uh, clients that just set their rod down on the bottom of the boat, and I watch fish scatter. So I think it depends on whether or not they're they're in an aggressive feeding mode. Uh, Sometimes noise will attract them if they're looking for food, Uh, but if they're kind of in that dormant mode where you got to bump them in the nose to get them to eat, uh, then then I mean I've belly crawled through the weeds to uh, clear stream uh, deep holes to catch smallmouth because just <laughs> even standing up would make them scatter. Uh, so it really just depends on where you're at, what type of environment it is, what the conditions are, and, like I said, whether the fish are actively looking for food. Uh, right, Tony, you right. might even have this on your boat. I don't know if you've got there, – there's some uh, some machines that actually make noise uh, that are supposed to uh, – I think it's called the Hydrowave. And uh, there's a lot of professionals use that – to, to get feed, uh, fish to get into the feeding mode. Uh, I've never used That's, one myself. So no, I, I don't have out. that.
1: That's for rich people like Bo Matthews. I don't have – I can't <laughs> afford that stuff.
2: I, but, I don't even <laughs> own a boat, man. <laughs> 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 don't even start.
1: Yeah, but I believe it. But I believe it that, um, y- you know, I could definitely I, – I, I could definitely see bad equipment, that equipment working. So that doesn't surprise me. The, the technology so, is – it's just amazing how far it's come in the last couple of decades
5: and a lot of the the artificial baits are designed to make noise I and mean, i've actually got some right. lures that have batteries them in them that when they yeah. touch water they make little clicking sounds uh and uh and i've had that work i literally just put it in the water and let it sit on the surface and officially okay. eat it. You, know, you don't even
2: have to move it uh okay so uh, kids if you're listening to the program if your grandfather or your father or your mother say be quiet the fish are going to be scared away it's not true at all we've we've <laughs> They're confirmed full of this They're full of <laughs> it's just a tactic <laughs> well tony colombo is at the lake of the ozarks uh we got uh, brian are you're not fishing right now are you brian No, no, I'm I'm doing my daytime job today. Uh, Okay,
5: doing some uh, (laughs) some custom work, but I will be, I will be, uh, I might even be able to get out on a stream this afternoon. That's my goal.
2: Okay, well, we're going to keep both of these guys uh, on the line while we've got the technology in for the podcast exclusive. And we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the differences between river fishing, creek fishing, and lake fishing like Tony is on his fancy yacht uh, this, uh, at this time of the, the uh, vacation. Uh, so stick around for that. But that is going to do it for Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I'll see you on the podcast exclusive. Oh, thanks for having me, Bo.